We would like to acknowledge that this podcast, Voices of Sustainability, is created on the traditional territory of the neutral Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Sustainable Waterloo Region is situated on the Haldeman Tract, the land promised to the Six Nations that includes six miles on each side of the Grand River. Our ability to be working and living here now, in Waterloo Region, in Ontario, and in Canada, is a direct benefit of policies of expulsion and assimilation of Indigenous peoples during the time of settlement and confederation and since then. The harms of these policies are many and are still being felt in Indigenous communities today. We have a responsibility as beneficiaries to acknowledge and understand this history and the current experiences of First Nations, Inuit and Métis peoples and for this understanding to inform the work that we do so that first we can stop perpetuating the damages of colonization and second to begin to repair them. Land acknowledgements are just one small first step in doing this work. Hello everyone, welcome to Voices of Sustainability. I'm Savine. And I'm Lauren. We are part of the organization Sustainable Waterloo Region or SWR and we will be your co-hosts. SWR is a non-profit organization in Waterloo Region, Ontario, championing business-led and community-focused climate action. Through this podcast, we want to amplify diverse perspectives and voices in the sustainability movement. We hope you find these conversations meaningful, educational, and inspiring. Hello, everyone. We're so happy to finally be doing this. Um, there has been many, many, uh, you know, glitches along the way in terms of tech and what have you, but we're, we're here and we're, we're happy to be here. Very, very, very excited. Those, those glitches have been real, those serious <laughs> technical difficulties, but we have soldiered through. So this is going to be um, a really exciting project that Savine and I um, have the pleasure of um, launching into. Um, we uh, would love to tell you folks a bit about ourselves before we launch into our first interview. Um, so Savine, do you want to um, give folks a little brief rundown of who you are and um, what you do uh, within the context of Sustainable Waterloo Region? For sure. My name is Savine Street. I am a student currently at the University of Waterloo. I'm studying urban planning. And I actually came to know SWR through um, working directly with them over uh, the fall of 2020 um, in the position of an environmental coordinator for the CHARGE WR program. Um, CHARGE Waterloo Region is a really great program. It has a goal of increasing the adoption of electric vehicles and installation charging stations throughout the region of Waterloo. Um, and we like to do this through promotion efforts, um, organizational support, and just collaborating with different organizations to help support them. Um, and our team is based within Sustainable Waterloo Region. Um, and we work with members of SWR, community members, uh, municipalities, um, electric vehicle associations throughout the region and throughout Ontario uh, to just make connections between businesses and the skills and the uh, resources that we have uh, within Charge WR. So I really enjoyed working with this program and I still am a volunteer now, um, even after my, my little co-op work term, uh, which has been really exciting. And being a volunteer with SWR has also allowed me to 
you know, take on new ventures, such as this podcast, which is really exciting. I I do want to talk a little bit about myself personally. Um, I was kind of born and raised, I guess, in the Waterloo region. I've spent most of my childhood here. And a lot of my identity is kind of based in a lot of Canadian culture, but also Jamaican culture because that's where I was born. Um, So I'm a Black woman living in the Waterloo region, and I'm really excited to share some of my insights in sustainability and urban planning through this podcast. Um, And I'm really excited to engage with you, Lauren. It's been really exciting to create this podcast and be able to share, um, you know, more diverse voices and uh, just experiences within the sustainability world. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing, Savine. And uh, I too am really excited to be diving into this podcast and learning more about yourself and your perspectives as a Black woman, um, born and raised, uh, or you know, living the majority of your life here um, in in Waterloo Region. So um, that's awesome. Um, yeah, to give folks a bit of a background about myself as well, uh, I was born and raised uh, in Waterloo Region, and I am a, a white woman. Um, I go by pronouns she her um and i'm really excited to um to really be reflecting a lot through this process as well on my role um, as a white woman in the sustainability space as we begin to uh, look at ways that we can continue to um to really you know, amplify diverse perspectives in the midst, um, because naturally the sustainability world has been uh, a vastly male-dominated and white-dominated space, and that's something that SWR has um, really been looking at how we as a community-focused organization can um, do better at making sure that diverse perspectives are amplified and are acknowledged and are, um, you know, uh, centered Champion. around yeah. exactly exactly um yeah because ultimately um, for us to create sustainable societies all folks in all walks of life need to be represented and need to be heard um so really that's that's kind of what we hope to do in this podcast is continue to um to bring on folks who have different perspectives and um and allow folks to to chat about their experiences and and their hopes and dreams for how sustainability can continue to center and to champion um, these uh, these different perspectives to strengthen ultimately our ability to um, foster um, stronger communities and more resilient communities. Um, But uh, to give folks a bit of a background of what I do with SWR, I am currently responsible for managing the government relations side of things. Um, We are looking at ways that we can reach out um, at the municipal, provincial, and federal level and uh, engage in more um, you know projects and policy making and um, uh, and that kind of thing just to see how we can continue to use our perspectives as a local community focused organization um, to uh, to really bring um, bring a, a new light uh, to how policies affect folks on the ground um, and how we can um, you know encourage government to um, to have our our 
uh, community's interests in mind as well. Um, so that's part of what I do. And other than that, uh, we are also launching this podcast. So that's kind of a, a little bit about me. Um, but uh, without further ado, um, we are going to be starting off this podcast uh, with an interview uh, featuring the lovely Sabine. Um, yes. <laughs> so yeah, since we both are going to be co-hosts throughout this entire season um, and series, hopefully, uh, we are um, just wanting to, to kind of start off slow and, and give folks an idea a little bit more about um, about us and Savine, about you specifically. But um, we're hoping as time goes on, we're going to be able to bring um, other people on from within Sustainable Waterloo Region and the Sustainable Waterloo Region community, but also beyond that. Um, we would love to be able to hear perspectives from folks throughout Waterloo Region and other organizations, even beyond would be really amazing. Um, that would be cool to see if how this can grow, if it can grow. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we think that it would be cool to kind of start off here. Um, um, at our roots. Well, let's get going. We have some questions um, and I'm really excited to be hearing more about you and your story. Um, but first things first, Sav, as our first guest, um, I want to ask you a fun question. Uh, what are your three favorite things? Oh, my three favorite things. Um, I think right now my three favorite things would have to be Netflix. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely Netflix. Um, good food. I've recently discovered a new restaurant um, in downtown Kitchener, and they sell literally the best tacos I've ever had in my entire life. Like what they're restaurant? so good. Um, <laughs> I don't want to mess up the name. <laughs> um, it's this um, El Salvadorian restaurant. I think it's called La. <sighs> It's called La Pusseria Latinos. Okay. It's on Ebby Street. It's really good. Love it. That's definitely one of my favorite things right now. And I guess my last, like, favorite thing, I would have to say, like, my family right now. They've been very, awesome. like, supportive in this time. So. Yeah. Yeah, my family and friends. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that can be a thing. Like. Oh, yeah. Really Your support system. Yeah, my support system. Those are my three favorite things right Amen. now. <laughs> Lord knows we need it. <laughs> In the pandemic. Here we go. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, Sav, where did you grow up? I'd love to hear more about um, about your background there. Yes. Um, so I was born in Jamaica and I grew up there until I was about seven years old. I was born in Kingston and I moved to Canada when I was seven. So I spent you know most of my childhood in Jamaica and then I moved here and we moved to my, my family and I, we moved to uh, like the GTA, so like Markham, Toronto, we lived in that area for a little bit. And then I think it was around when I turned 10 or 11, I would say. Hope I'm getting these these times correct, <laughs> but that's when we moved to Kitchener. So for the most part, for most of my um, adolescent years, I've spent in the Waterloo region. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I've grown up. And I graduated high school here, and now I'm going to graduate university soon here. So a lot of those big moments um, have been in this community. That's fantastic. And you are obviously very, um, very involved in many aspects of, of our community. So pretty cool. Um, for yourself, Sav, how has your background shaped how you engage with the sustainability movement? Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question and when i think about the sustainability movement i i think in the past um 
before really joining SWR, because um, first, you know, I worked with you guys in the in September, and that was really awesome. And then now I'm a volunteer with Charge, and that's been really cool. Um, I wouldn't say that I was part of the sustainability movement, but I think from what I've learned over the past, you know, couple months and the time that I've spent here, I can say that the my studies and my education even my background is heavily embedded within sustainability mm -hmm. and I would have never thought of myself as part of that just because of um, I guess the traditional labels that are placed on the sustainability movement or that I've seen of the sustainability movement um, a lot of my perspectives are governed by my cultural identity mm -hmm. growing up in Jamaica moving to Canada being an immigrant trying to kind of fit into um, different spaces that are, you know, particularly white dominated, not really reminiscent of my cultural upbringing, very individualistic, not as like central to community. Um, but I know that through those experiences, they've definitely shaped um, who I am as a person and the way that I think about sustainability. Um, and I think, I guess, my background helps me to look at sustainability from like a community-based level and less of an individual um, thing. And I think that when communities come together to understand what sustainability means, it's a lot easier to practice it in your daily life and have it be something that um, you care about and you kind of move forward with um, as part of how you engage with the world. Mm. And I think that's one thing that the sustainability movement really tries to get across, having sustainability be part of your everyday. Um, mm -hmm. I think I first saw, I think it was like a, a diagram of sustainability and the fact that it involves so many different aspects, like um, the social, the environment, and then there's also like the economic part of sustainability. And then those things kind of go into, you know, how can we make the movement equitable? How do mm -hmm. we make it bearable so that um, it can be part of just how we live our lives? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think those things that have all come together kind of govern how I interact with sustainability. And then I guess my background in urban planning, um, you know, it's, I don't, I didn't really think about urban planning as specifically a sustainable way to, to move through the city, but, um, you know, with the pandemic and I guess climate change and climate action has been a part of my education since I was in elementary school and for mm -hmm. a lot of us like within um, our generation it's just part of our vocabulary and so I guess in that way sustainability has always been a part of um, how I engage with life like I've never really thought about um, you know sustainability as something separate from the way that I live mm -hmm. every day um, and the way that I engage with my environment. Absolutely I think that's so cool to to kind of hear that perspective going back to um you know how sustainability really is rooted in in community um i know that you know in the west it's something that we are not very good at um living in community is is very much um something that all people need and and crave i think but it's not really innate to our societal structure a lot of the time so i think that um you know in order to like kind of what you mentioned um in order to kind of consider the reality of why sustainability is even important we need to have a certain level of awareness and and desire to to foster a community and support our community members as well moving forward yeah. so um yeah i think that's that's huge and um a really important point that you raised 
Um, I know you kind of mentioned a little bit about urban planning and and um, and your university experience, but can you take us um, a little bit uh, more on um, you know along the pathway that you took to engage uh, with the sustainability movement, and also um, kind of let us know what your current role is in that space. Yeah, um, I think sustainability for a lot of the people of my generation, um, like your like very late millennials into like generation Gen Z, um, was definitely in elementary school. You know, being part of like the recycling team, or um, you know, assisting with like collecting like pop tabs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's always like the first introduction to like the environment club in yeah. middle school. Oh yeah, um, those are definitely <laughs> like the first that I really engage with what the sustainability movement means Um, and I think the one thing that those pieces of um, engaging with sustainability have taught me is that it's really like a community effort Mm -hmm. Um, and understanding that is central to like moving forward and creating change. Um, I definitely think as I've grown up um, I've come to understand the sustainability movement at a larger scale. Um, There's definitely a lot to be said about individual actions and community actions, but a lot of like the really game-changing pieces of the sustainability movement are going to come from, you know, really large corporations that are the largest contributors to um, unsustainable actions in our society. And so- I feel like it's great to do those things at an individual and community level and it's great to encourage them because they are important and they do have a difference. Um, But it's also important to hold the people accountable Mm -hmm. on top in those like huge uh, corporations that can actually cause really, really, you know, huge disruptions in the industry and um, really contribute to like bigger changes. That's that's a simple fact, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one thing that we can't forget in the sustainability movement. Yeah, 100%. I think that's yeah. huge. Also, um, my current role, I yeah. didn't answer that question. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, I work with SWR currently as a volunteer. And um, right now, working on this podcast is like one of the things that I'm responsible for with Lauren. And also, I work with uh, Tanner on Charge WR. Um, we're actually working on some really interesting projects right now that I'm really excited about. Um, I don't know how much I can talk about them, but um, <laughs> stay tuned. There's a really cool report that we're working on coming out, and so I'm excited to see where that goes. and And the partnerships that we've developed with other community agencies is going to be um, really cool to see where our our work leads us. Yes, love that. That's so, so cool. I think um, you know it's so valuable that we we get to even be part of SWR too. I know that for yeah. myself as a young person in the sustainability space, it's so awesome to feel like it's kind of a bit of a playground in a way. The fact that we can yes. even start this podcast is so cool. And obviously we have an organization that's backing us, which is sweet. So, um, so yeah, cool stuff that, you know, folks can stay tuned for lots coming down the pipes for sure. Um, but yeah, thanks for, thanks for your answer, Sav. Once again, kind of hitting home that, that <laughs> importance of yeah community and everything too, but no, I couldn't agree more with you. The, the whole accountability aspect for large corporations. Like I know for myself, that's always been a challenge of kind of going back and forth thinking, you know, how much are my individual actions really 
mattering right now if I know that the, you know, what I don't even, I'm going to mess up the statistic, but whatever small percentage um, of large emitters are creating what, like 80% of greenhouse gas emissions or something. I don't know. Like, once again, totally messing up that stat, but either way, it's astronomical and kind of challenging, but still important to, to like you said, kind of you know, build those communities and make sure that we're all still supporting each other in that process um, to to move forward and have a have a better better you know way of life. Um, for yourself, when you were young, kind of getting involved in the sustainability movement in middle school and that kind of thing, um, what, do you remember what your first impressions were of the sustainability space? Um, I don't think I thought of it as the sustainability space or like an environmental movement or like environmental work. I definitely didn't think about it like that. Um, I just thought about it as, you know, it's my responsibility as someone who lives in this community to be kind to the environment that I live in. Um, and I think, like, that's just, that just comes from, like, a heart place. Like, mm -hmm. it's not, it wasn't ever um, something I consciously thought about. I was just like, okay, like, it's important to keep my surroundings clean. So, like, I shouldn't litter. It's important to um, make sure that I'm recycling when mm -hmm. I can. Yeah. Right? Like those were just simple things that I thought about. I think I was more interested in um, understanding how the places that we grow up in kind of define the people that we are. And so yeah. I've always been a really keen uh, student of like place and space and just understanding how people's different backgrounds um, mm -hmm. intersect with how they view their surroundings and how they live. Um, I think those things are really central to the human experience. And I think sustainability is definitely a part of that. Um, mm -hmm. And that's definitely what spurred my interest into the field of urban planning and, and development. Um, I just feel like those things are always a dictation of, you know, just the levels of justice and equity and opportunity that people are offered where they come from. Yeah. Um, and I've always been really fascinated by those things. And so understanding sustainability as part of that um was like okay this is a new piece of the puzzle that I can kind of jump into um and so that's how I kind of became more involved in this space and like work and even mm -hmm. volunteering here at SWR that's how I first jumped in and I guess my first impressions were I definitely need to learn more I mm -hmm. didn't understand the complexities that kind of go into the sustainability movement um and at first I didn't necessarily feel like my background was part of the sustainability movement mm. I didn't really feel like my cultural identity or the places that I come from are part mm -hmm. of this movement especially in the North American context mm -hmm. so um I guess wrestling with those realities at first and then understanding like where I stand and where my community stands I'm a part of you know different communities within the waterloo region and i always like to create bridges between the places where um i am uh in terms of like volunteering and working so i guess i was always trying to find like a bridge like where does my cultural identity fit into the way that the sustainability movement has always been modeled yeah. um, and what does that mean in like a really practical way and yeah, so those are my first impressions. Where do I fit in mm -hmm. and how can I bring forward my own identity and my experiences to this movement? And where do I see places uh, that I can contribute? Absolutely. That's huge. 
Um, mm-hmm. What do you say for yourself as a black woman? Um, have you felt um, kind of a sense of kind of alienation at all in the space or kind of like how, like what kind of, because it's so white male dominated. Um, yeah. Kind of how has, how have you processed that from the lens of a black woman? I would say that um, there are some times when there are conversations that are taking place that are definitely only from one perspective or one experience. Mm-hmm. And I have to kind of like step back and figure out, okay, how can I integrate like the black experience into this conversation? Like how mm-hmm. can I integrate the immigrant experience into this conversation? Like how do we get away from um, how do we get away from okay, sustainability is simply, you know, going on Amazon and buying the metal straws? Like how do we get away <laughs> from just like yeah. that definition of sustainability yeah. and and bring it home to something that makes sense practically for people who like that just doesn't like that's just not a reality for them mm-hmm. um, in terms of sustainability and how does sustainability connect with their own cultural experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those have kind of been my experiences in this space and understanding how to be a voice for more like equitable and accessible opportunities. Mm-hmm. I find that especially with working in charge, um, it's a really cool program and I'm like really excited about where things can go even with the project that we're currently working on, but also including experiences outside of those that, you know, can comfortably buy an electric vehicle yeah. and like set up a charger at their home um, and live in like, you know, a single family home that can yeah. actually put in chargers, like make that decision to put in chargers, right? Not everybody yeah. has that experience. Not everybody lives that lifestyle, even though that's normal for a lot of um, our community, especially in Kitchener-Waterloo. So yeah, understanding how to make these programs and these discussions that we're having accessible for everyone in our community uh, to feel like they can be a part of them. Absolutely. That's so important Um, for yourself whenever you've kind of expressed um, and been a voice to advocate for, um, you know, diverse perspectives. Um, do you feel as though you've had the confidence to do so? Do you feel as though it's been received well? Like kind of how have those experiences been? Um, I definitely have not always had the confidence to do that, um, especially in like the first years of like university and, um, you know, like I'm navigating going to university for the mm-hmm. first time, like the first person in like my, not my not my whole family, but like my family doing that and my immediate family doing that here Mm -hmm. in Canada. Mm -hmm. So navigating that. um, And then, you know, also being in a program that's, that's pretty dominated um, by white people. And then like, also having to like speak up in these like big classrooms where the conversations are only centered around pretty like middle class white Mm -hmm. experiences. Yeah, Um, I found I found that definitely, um, now more than ever, um, you know, there have been calls for review of curriculums and understanding how to um, factor in the experiences of, of the students and, and what their, you know, realities look like. A lot of the students that um, are part of my classes, you know, a lot of them are immigrants. A lot of them are mm-hmm. people of color, Black people of color, Indigenous people. Um, how do we integrate those experiences into the curriculums that we currently teach? Mm-hmm. Um, because if we don't do that, then like 
how do the cities that we go on to plan in the future reflect um, those diverse communities that yeah. are a part of like every Canadian community. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, definitely have been a lot more um, vocal about those things. Um, I find I find that it's a lot. It's received well by a lot of professors, um, but I don't. You know, as someone who hasn't really worked in the in the planning field or the sustainability field like full time, I don't know exactly what that looks like. Um, from like a professional work experience like I don't know what those conversations are like Um, but I know from the academic world that now that's being um, well received and I really want to see a lot more Canadian examples because I think a lot of the examples we have around um, contributing to more equity and justice are very U.S. centered and Mm -hmm. I think it would be really interesting to see a a lot more um, of those conversations just be more Canada centered um because like black people live here too like Mm -hmm. indigenous people live here too like what do those um what do those conversations look like here and what and and I mean in practice um not just in like academic discourse Mm -hmm. absolutely um yeah I think you've raised a really um important point that um I'm kind of doing my best to to speak up to lately as well um I work uh one of my other positions um where I work currently is um advocating for um progressive policies across Canada and I speak with a lot of people who are very quick to say especially in the wake of political um turmoil in the states oh that's happening there you know oh thank goodness we live in Canada and you know we we're not racist here and I'm I kind of, you know, take a step back and I was Racism like... Racism is here, it's just more subtle. That's yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Maybe Canadians are, you know, less loud about it. I don't know, but I mean, um, I mean, that's obviously a very blanket statement. But um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really problematic um, to kind of constantly use like the U.S. as, as, a, as a baseline and a comparison tool. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, there's so many more nuances. And obviously in Canada, our history, specifically with Indigenous folk... It's it's atrocious how much we've gotten away with as a settler colonial state, and there needs to be, um, yeah, so much more action taken there. And we are not scot free as a as a country as a whole, you know. So, um, so yeah, I think that um, just yeah, creating space to to really dive into the Canadian context for sure to acknowledge the ways that we are continuously um letting that systemic racism racism kind of filter through into our institutions like universities for example um is yeah incredibly valuable um and important and Um, i I think another point i just want to add to that i think a lot of the education around um what black urbanism looks like in a canadian context a lot of that information um is definitely like research I've done personally. So it's not something that is like taught as part of a curriculum, um, which is really sad to hear. And Mm -hmm. I think even in the, in just in general, like in the BIPOC space, urban space in Canada, a lot of that has been like personal time, you know, where I sat down and like did my research or read a book or came across a really great academic author. And then, you know, it's something I shared with um my colleagues or with a professor and so like even that in and of itself is a problem yeah. um these should be stories that we're highlighting in 
the discourse that we have even on histories of urban planning and what that looks like um that should be something that's emphasized right because those voices are a big part of our academic discourse and it's also a big part of our histories as canadians as settlers mm -hmm. um and yeah, I think that's that's one thing that's really important, just bringing light to those voices in the educational, in the education that the students are given. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, you know, encouraging them to be curious and seek out that information themselves as well. Absolutely. That's really fantastic. I think that um, it requires, it kind of, yeah, requires a student to have a higher um, almost a higher order thinking experience with university yeah. to actually critically engage that way. And I think that that's how you get so much more out of your experience anyways as a student. So, you know, win, 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 in my opinion, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, I would love if you could share some um, ideas of really practical ways uh, that you think that the sustainability movement um, can adapt to create more space uh, for diverse voices and perspectives. Yeah, um, this is a really cool question. And it actually was a question in a different way that was asked of me in an interview, um, which I thought was really cool. And I think one of the most um, practical ways is engaging with local community organizations um, that like represent more diverse communities. I think that when we provide the room for partnership, um, that's like very important and it makes the organizations that we engage with um, just feel more confident in the space that they can take up in their communities. Mm -hmm. um, for example, like this podcast, you know, we're going to record it and share it. And the, the first people that I'm, I'm going to share this podcast with is the Canadian Caribbean Association of, of Waterloo Region that I sit as a board member on because I know how um, excited they'll be to see that I'm part of this podcast and then that will be shared with the rest of our community in this region. And that's really important, right? That will get people thinking and trying to understand how they can better um, involve themselves in sustainability and what that looks like. And the fact that their upbringing and the way that um, they uh, have been raised and their cultural identity actually does contribute to the sustainability movement. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good way of providing space. And I think that it shows people that of diverse backgrounds that they, they can be a part of this community and that there is space for them here. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't even really know that urban planning existed as like a discipline, <laughs> as something that I could um, be a part of until I, until like I saw someone who, you know, looked like me in this role. And I was like, wow, like, that's really cool. Like, I didn't even know that that was something that was like a career or was something that um, I could engage in in this way. So I think that's one really great use that, um, you know, organizations like SWR, um, that universities can use, that workplaces can use, is to engage specifically with the communities that um, are within the region. Fantastic. And that, that, again, kind of goes back to that community building of yeah. strengthening those bonds between organizations so that we're continuing to build stronger communities and more resilient communities that, um, yeah, their support kind of filters through um, in so many different ways. Um, I kind of want to, um, one, I guess, 
kind of question to tie tie things up a little bit more. Um, you have um, touched on this a little bit, but I think for some folks who might be new to the conversation of, of, of you know, um, intersectionality and, um, you know, new to, to deconstructing, um, you know, race and that kind of thing. Um, what exactly for you would you say is, um, is the big value of amplifying um, Black voices in this in sustainability work? I think one of the biggest values is um, just the fact that there is a different level of understanding um, in terms of sustainability. I think that a lot of my experiences and, you know, the communities that I've grown up in, um, like I bring a really diverse perspective and it's important as, you know, people who are within that like BIPOC space that we understand that you bring, you know, the perspective of an immigrant, you bring the perspective of, I mean, you obviously can't speak for everyone in that community, but you know, you bring that perspective of an immigrant, you bring that perspective of um, someone who is black, someone who is, you know, not born in Canada, who has experienced this culture firsthand and also can understand um, the black Caribbean, African culture, wherever you come from um, and contribute in that way. Mm -hmm. So there's so much that you can offer to the conversation and there's so much that people can learn from you um, in order to engage with communities that are outside of, you know, the typical, that are more diverse and require a different level of um, understanding to be able to engage with. And that is a huge responsibility. Um, I take that responsibility really seriously. And I know that in my professional work, like that's going to be something that I work really hard to um, try to showcase because I think it's really important that um, my community and where I come from doesn't get forgotten in the space of sustainability and the space of mm -hmm. urban development. Um, that means, you know, sometimes having to be uncomfortable, but um, I think that the benefit of, you know, being uncomfortable and speaking up and trying to bring other communities into the conversation is so important. Um, I know that, you know, let's think about like a city, for example, and a person who, you know, has just kind of been in the same place of education for their whole life and doesn't really experience anything outside of that and doesn't try to engage outside of that. When you come into a place where you have to work with them, um, you can share so much about your personal experiences mm -hmm. and what you think that can be uh, productive to having so many different communities be part of um, a movement that is important in terms of like how we just live our daily lives yeah. and also in terms of how we engage with the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for, um, you know, for myself kind of working in the policy space, um, for example, I think that um, the reason why, you know, I think it's so important to to continue to to ensure that there is representation as well as just to make sure that that we are actively working at ensuring that the systems that govern our society are inclusive to all people regardless yeah. of you know background wealth race because that way 
we don't have folks who are left behind. We don't have specific communities that, that face disproportionate impacts of poverty or even climate change, you know, because studies show that communities that are disproportionately impacted by climate change for the vast majority are lower income and, and racialized communities as well, right? So, um, so yeah, I think if you're someone who cares deeply about building resilient communities and ensuring that the sustainability movement is sustainable, you like you you can't have sustainability without advocating for all voices. Yeah. It's very purpose-driven work and it's very embedded in advocacy. Um, and so, you know, as people who are working in that space, like I think it's really important for us to always have that as um, one of the highest orders of like how mm -hmm. we make decisions and how we run programming and like just the way that we look at our work. It's very much, yes, you know, trying to champion sustainability, but also being advocates for um, those in our communities who don't necessarily have the voices that we do, yeah. right? Or have the time to have the voices that we do or have the money or the space to have the voices yes. that we do. Um, because that's a big part of, you know, urban planning. That's a big part of the sustainability movement. Yeah, It's, it's literally like the time and the space and the mental energy um, to be able to do these things. And so um, as people in this movement, I think that we have like a really big responsibility to make mm -hmm. sure that our actions are embedded in advocacy and embedded in, um, you know, making life better and easier for those around us who don't necessarily um, have the same advantages that, that we do or the same um, opportunities that we do. Yeah. Amen. Use that privilege for good, honeys. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. One final question for you, Sav. I would love to know, what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Wow. Um, I feel like I haven't really accomplished a whole lot in my life yet. I'm still really young. Um, I would say that I'm most proud of what I've learned so far and I guess where my passions lie so far. Um, I'm really optimistic about the future and I'm really optimistic for a future in sustainability and in planning that's community focused, that's multidisciplinary, that's mm -hmm. um, based in equity, that's based in justice. And I think that optimism really like guides a lot of my ambitions. And um, I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud that I found something that I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to explore as my future career and in, in both like a professional aspect and also in uh, the spaces that I volunteer in. I'm really um, pumped for what the future <laughs> has. Um, I know even though we're in a season that's, um, you know, less than favorable, right? Like mm -hmm. we're still going through this pandemic. I think that there's so much opportunity even here um, to be better advocates for sustainability and to be better advocates for in the planning space um, because these things are, you know, increasingly like who do they harm? Yeah. Um, not the upper class, nope. like it's the middle and lower class. Like that's, the, that's what these things harm and, um, you know, planning projects, sustainability projects, they have to continue and for these people, um, there's not as much time to, you know, pop over mm -hmm. to a community meeting or to be a volunteer at, um, 
you know, the different sustainability organizations that are in our community. So I have the time now as a student and I really feel like it's part of like my, um, part of the things that I have to do in order to advocate for my community um, and to live a sustainable life um, in my everyday and encourage that of other people, but also hold those accountable mm-hmm. at the top, mm-hmm. um, those who are part of large corpor- corporations who um, are the biggest emitters to change. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was a long-winded answer, but that's, great. that's what I'm most proud about, having good perspectives and yeah. being um, excited about what the future can be. Absolutely. Well, Sav, it's been such a pleasure chatting. Um, I'm so grateful that you felt like you um, could come on this podcast and share so openly about your story. So thank you for your authenticity. Um, and I think that a lot of people are going to glean um, some really great information out of this. Um, and um, I know for myself, as someone who was also working in the sustainability space, I am so stoked that we have people like you working here in this space and I think that um, yeah it gives me a lot of optimism too knowing that there are really phenomenal voices um, who are advocating for good and um, yeah you're gonna do really cool things and you already have it doesn't matter if you're young I'm like I think you're really cool and great so I'm really excited to see how you continue to flourish and me too because I'm just starting as well so yes kind of fun Thanks for having me. It's been lovely. Of course. I'm so excited for the different um, voices that we're going to have in the future. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited to connect with like even their communities too. So yeah. um, I think this is going to be a great podcast. And I'm excited to see what the future holds. Me too. And just to give listeners a bit of an update. So moving forward, obviously, this is the inaugural episode. Um, and Sav and, Sav and I are both um, going to be co-hosting from now on. Um, so yeah, we'll both be kind of in the in the interviewee seat and I mean yeah it'll be kind of fun to to ping pong off each other and that kind of thing so I'm excited for that well uh, on that note we will chat with you folks soon yeah thanks so much for listening